0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing recap series of one of the best TV shows ever to grace the television. It's called Nip Tuck, if you haven't heard of it. Uh, i guessing you have. That's why you're listening to this episode. Uh, we are into the second season still, and we are now into the seventh episode entitled Naomi Gaines. This one aired on the 3rd of August, 2004. A uh, very interesting episode. We touched on a little bit at the end of the last episode about plenty of stuff in this that is uh, going to set up. Some uh ongoing storylines in the world of Niptuck for quite some time, some good juicy storylines. My name is Ben, and Nick, I really wish that you would just come quicker so I can get some rest.
1: Damn it, you so stole mine <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm Nick, and uh you're not too old to get a backhand and I'm wearing heavy rings.
0: <laughs> well my other what was my other go to option was that I'm not some piece of meat that you can carve up and throw away uh so, <laughs> <laughs> damn it i should have gone with that one but uh it's, it's good to be here again nick it's uh always fun to talk about nip tuck and as we kind of as i just said we touched on in the last bit um a very uh an interesting episode
1: yeah and i think we uh i, I think you were kind of talking about you know we're setting up some stuff but i think we actually are, are transitioning out of setup and into payoff now a little bit with this episode uh more in the next episode but this one definitely there's, there's some of that and um of course you know I, we all know what a fan you are of ava i mean i'm a fan of ava as well but um the um often forgotten adrian really uh, comes to the fore here and he's a quote machine so he's always good for these um beginning and end quotes because everything he says is just like completely inappropriate and um you know it, it makes you laugh every time you watch it
0: yeah and, and i often forget and we'll obviously touch on this in this episode how much i enjoy the character of adrian actually uh and it's kind of interesting you said he's sort of He's a bit forgettable, but not forgettable in the fact that you don't remember him. You kind of there's so much going on in this season that you forget he's there. In that aspect, he's definitely not a forgettable character. Um, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, one thing I just also want to quickly touch on: we started doing this in the third watch ones, and I feel we probably should do this. Uh, we, we talk so much about the actors and and sort of the you know guests and all that sort of stuff. We Kind of gel over, I guess the the people who write these episodes and direct these episodes, and I know we're kind of loosely we'll touch on here and there who who does these, but I feel we need to give credit to the writers and the directors of each episode. So I will say this episode was written by Sean Jablonski and directed by good old Craig Risk, uh, Craig Zisk. Sorry, <laughs> I can't even pronounce his name because it's a different letter than i went for but um yeah just thought i would add that in there uh but um we get straight into this one nick with uh a lady in the room tell us what you don't like about yourself uh mrs declan i believe her name is if i've written down that correctly um and she's coming in because she saw an ad at a cinema for a senior discount uh, for a facelift. Uh, is that like one of those annoying ads you go before you go to see a movie and it's kind of what would it be like, come to McNamara and Troy and get a senior discount or something like that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, do, do you have plastic surgery ads before cinemas in uh, in New Zealand, Nick?
1: Um, no, our ones are normally about, um, go and ride in the go-karts and, um, um, go to the hair clinic. Uh, Those are normally the ones in front of the movies over here.
0: (laughs) Ours have gotten very serious lately, actually. The other day when I went to the movies, there was one about, like, don't hit women. Uh, so I was like, whoa, okay, this is a bit heavy. I just came to see Spider-Man, uh, but thanks for the education. Maybe maybe Christian Troy needs to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe Sean, too. Uh, we're getting ahead of an episode there. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. He doesn't hit. He, he chokes. Um, but... <laughs> wow uh basically this lady's come in because she wants a facelift but uh we soon find out that she doesn't want uh to deal with uh these two anymore because she wants a facelift but we find out there's somebody in the lobby who is uh obviously warning off customers and we go and see that it's our dear old friend bobby broderick from last episode of course and uh she's pretty much lifting up a shirt and uh Not in the good aspect that some people might think when it comes to that. Uh, She's showing off her stomach, uh, which is still all blotchy and gross. And uh, she's still warning people off uh, getting surgery. She tells both Christian and Sean that uh, she didn't get the job, but she's going to go to Channel 9 News, which, uh, again, for anyone in Australia. Obviously, Channel 9 is one of our major networks here, so it's kind of interesting to hear that. Um, And this is that, that payoff that I think I was talking about last episode, where Sean really snaps at her. And basically says, you know, you didn't get the job because, you know, you're an old lady suffering from empty nest syndrome or something like that. Um, and I mean, it's it's a. I I, I think we touched on a little bit last episode when it comes to obviously like Jill Clayburgh and just kind of like she's, she really acts well as a character you really want to hate. Um, but I mean, this is all obviously just still kind of, you know, coming off in the last episode and you're kind of thinking, holy shit, you know, how are they, how are they obviously going to deal with this? Because now it's going to the media.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things I wanted to point out is, is this, uh, McNamara Troy don't have a very good receptionist. Because no. You see her in the background, just like <laughs> on the phone, just like hasn't, ha- doesn't seem to have made any effort to, to let the guys know that there's this crazy lady in the foyer. um, And she's just on a rant while the receptionist is just, you know, on the phone doing whatever she's doing. I mean, you could say maybe she's calling the police, but uh, she doesn't look particularly <laughs> concerned with what's going on around her. So looks more like she's making dinner plans yeah. rather than um, than. A job.
0: I noticed that too, actually. Like, I mean, if she is calling the police, then, you know, obviously the Miami Police Department uh, got a very long hold line because, I mean, how long has she been there for? Clearly, because they've sent one customer in who's scared off and yet they've still got time to go out there. So maybe they're all still tied up, you know, with gerbil murders, like the detectives are out there just um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all the murders of all the Friskies.
1: Um, yeah, well, they need to make sure Frisky died of natural causes from the last episode. Yeah. so <laughs>
0: Oh, so true. Uh, we we then for some reason are back to Julia and Sean. Why why are they like is this the next day? Because it's like it's in the morning, isn't it? And she's reading the local paper. Um but it's kind of like so did Sean go home that night and not tell Julia about all this and then all of a sudden telling I don't I don't understand why like it's the next morning.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels like it's a little bit out of place, eh? Like they—they they just really wanted that good line at the end, which is just because this is the bit, isn't it? Or is it? we—we we, like our like Ava's got on top of him or something? Is yeah, it, yeah, is this yeah. That one, it is. Yeah. So this is like a total like a like a Bond line. That one, eh? Like it's just so corny. And I think they just—they obviously were quite pre- pleased with that line, and so um they wanted to set it up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we obviously get like real like forced um line from julia was like oh no the rapist struck again what was that episode we had was it in the oh. first season when they're like reading out of the paper or something like that it like oh matt this is yeah. horrible somebody near your school got hit and it's just kind of it yes. just feels very like i think we talked about a couple of episodes didn't we about how sometimes the family mcnamara scenes feel a little forced
1: yeah, totally. I um, I I think that Julia has her... Uh, Julia Richardson does have her good sides, but um, I think that kind of natural sitting around talking is probably not where she's the most natural in terms of being an actor.
0: No, and it's definitely... They're, they're obviously a, a family that are very influenced by the media, are they not? Because it's kind of like, holy shit, somebody else got raped. That was only four miles from us. Let's get an alarm. Like, it's... it's you know, I mean, I'm not yeah. taking away from the crime of Miami... But, I mean, they obviously live in a fairly well-off area. They've got a nice house. He's a wealthy guy. He's a plastic surgeon. Um, why didn't they have one in the first place? And, you know, like four miles away, it's not like it happened next door.
1: They're too influenced by the fake news media, yeah. um, you know. Just anything they read that they believe. Uh, yeah, so the, President Trump wouldn't, wouldn't like this if he had been around then.
0: No, but I mean, all jokes aside, obviously it kind of sets up the fact that they have to have an alarm for later on. But also, of course, this is the first time we hear from uh, we hear of the Carver. So uh, that's obviously two words that you will hear quite often from this point on, really for the next season and a half. Uh but this is our first taste of the carver is a small little news clipping in the Miami Herald or whatever the hell the newspaper is called. And um of course, you know, Sean's talking up about the fact he's going to the media and then, you know, saying he wants to do good and of course, you know, he reads his story and that obviously is gonna lead us to meeting name again soon. But um of course as you said, um we talk about uh this sort of real bond line, you know, oh Abe's really been on him lately. And next scene, she's on top of Matt. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, we cut, obviously, to, to Ava's house, and Matt's left early to go uh, pr- practice his oral or something. I don't know. I was trying to come up with a Bond line myself there, but clearly it didn't work. Um, I just, I really like the song that they play here. I've just looked it up now. It's uh, called Hailing by F.C. Kahuna. Um, not a song is I've been on my iPod list recently, but it might be here now. Uh it's a very good song but uh we get this like scene obviously you know they they've had sex great he's kind of you know talking about like wouldn't it be great if I could stay the night and then this is where we get Adrian kind of popping his head in creepy Adrian you know the whole like oh what would be great if you could come quicker so I could get some rest and it's like you you're sick you should go to bed and it's like okay move over then <laughs> like it's
1: oh yeah yeah it's so yeah, it's creepy just- but it's like it just it's effective I think everybody in in their life has an Adrian, you know, like has somebody they know just a bit creepy like this. I'm Um, the Adrian in everybody's life. (laughs) I was trying to, I was trying to not say that, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. um, in all seriousness. um, Yeah, no, he's, you know, we've all got that, that kind of slightly creepy guy that we know. And, and yeah, he's, but uh, the thing I like about this is uh, he's just, he's so creepy that it's funny and so you know I just I just always crack up when I see Adrian scenes because he just like he just says things in such a way that just you know and we also all know those people that just say things to get a reaction and um, he's definitely one of those I think he, just, he doesn't really care about that you know just he's going to get that reaction that he wants really
0: and I mean let's be honest we are the show that says stuff to get reactions and it doesn't generally work because we don't have listeners so uh, that's uh, see I just did it then it didn't work so uh, but it, it, yeah and the thing that I love about this episode is it kind of – it really sets up just this interesting – because, I mean, we don't know anything about Adrian, do we? Like, we've seen him for, like, two seconds. Um, so, it's kind of, like, just this dynamic between him and Ava because, like, you know, it's mother and son. Like, you know, what it is. And, like, just the line at like, one point that she says, like, sometimes I regret not having that abortion. Um, so, it's like, wow, okay, then. The one, the one bit that I, I kind of always find a bit interesting is when she admits that she had him when he, she was 16. To which obviously Matt then says like, wow, so like, he's the same age as me. I mean, surely Matt knows how old Ava is. Surely he would guess how old Adrian is. So surely that doesn't, shouldn't come as news to him that she was clearly young when she had him
1: uh yeah I, th- I think matt's probably not thinking with the right head row at this point <laughs> in time so things like that uh, you know are not a big a big issue to him he's not really thinking through the the logistics of that all that much um but yeah i mean to us it's it's pretty clear but he, you know obviously this thing goes into him talking a little bit about oh you know i'm the same age as your son and that's a bit weird you know so even he you know in his uh his you know post-sex state even he can realize that this is a little bit um unusual to say the least
0: well, we get that great line from Ava, don't we? Like, it's not about age. I'm attracted to your soul. Like, oh, isn't that romantic? Uh, <laughs> said by someone in my... Yeah, whatever. I don't know what I was going with that. Anyway, trying to get a reaction again, clearly. Uh So we go back to <laughs> McNamara Troy. And uh, no shows are piling up for them. They've got all these fake names um, and <laughs> fake news, fake names. Um, and then, obviously, it kind of it leads into uh, Nurse Linda. Uh, she pops in and just like, your 11 o'clock is here. And I love how, like, uh, Sean says, what, you actually, you saw her in my office? And what does Linda say? Like, you don't forget that face. Um, yeah. just obviously before we, we meet Naomi here because we'll talk about this one thing I, I, I maybe just some weird little thing I noticed you notice when like Christian walks into the, the lunchroom that he's like wiping his shirt like what, what has he done there like I mean like, what, what's he been spilling on himself or something that's just like a weird little thing that I noticed
1: I'm not sure we want to really talk about what what Christian might have been spilling on himself. You know, we, we, we definitely, if we haven't seen them already, we're going to see scenes of him, um, you know, banging <laughs> his... Uh, oh, well, I guess we've seen um, the, she who Must Not Be Named. Who? Um, we've seen some... Yeah, exactly. Plant Lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've definitely seen him um, up to shenanigans in his office. So maybe we can put two and two together that uh, Christian's been a bad boy in his office, which is, you know, not out, of, not out of character. Well, he's
0: bored. He's had all these no-shows. So even if he hasn't got somebody in there, it's just, you know. Um, what has he seen on that episode? Yeah, exactly. in his testicles? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, we meet Naomi Gaines. Uh, and as I touched on last episode, Leslie Bibb, who plays Naomi Gaines. Now, at this point, I know her from uh, the other Ryan Murphy show that I keep talking about, Popular. She was obviously one of the two main leads in that show. She was Brooke McQueen. Um, but I mean she did go on to be in a lot of things. I think she was in the Iron Man movies from memory, was she not? And um she was in uh Day Talagadea Nights, or I cannot pronounce it. Uh, you know, the Will Ferrell uh Ricky Bobby movie, that one. Um but yeah, she's she's been in a, quite a few things since. I don't, I don't want to say she's made a huge name for herself, but she's at least been in enough that I think people would know who she is, so I just wanted to point that out there, as I think I was saying last episode, about how we've got lots of big guest stars in this. But, um, obviously, she was the Carver victim. We see the kind of... We can say now the Joker cuts on her face, but, of course, let's be honest, this predated the Dark Knight by four years. So, clearly, Christopher Nolan, and in his interpretation of the Joker, was an hip Tuck fan. Um, so... Uh, we We learn a little bit more about this carver, the fact that obviously uh he you know obviously horribly br- brutally rapes his victims and then uh, he will say uh, the the line which again you will hear this a fair bit from now on, beauty is a curse on the world um, and then obviously cuts the the face of his victims um, and it 's a pretty you know emotional scene obviously uh, naomi 's kind of you know talking about the fact that. Uh, you know she's a model and you know she just booked her first cover after all this work that you know she had been doing uh you know she can't smile she doesn't know if that's because you know she she doesn't want to or she just can't um and then obviously you know we get that scene kind of as, they, as they're leaving and she's got the, the sunglasses and the hat on and she's like oh you know i don't know if i've had the money and of course he's all like of course there'll be no charge with this um and it obviously then leads um Into Christian, then having the idea of let's turn this around on Bobby. I'm gonna go speak to uh, Andrea Hall myself, and we're gonna get this as a sort of covering this on the news and kind of will be, you know, a human interest story. And uh obviously, this kind of like leads into him going to the bar, meeting Andrea Hall, being a bit of a stalker um and then essentially uh, he goes to like sleep with her. I do like that line. he says when he what does he say like I promise not to bite unless you ask me to later, um, <laughs> even though he does really yeah. come off as like a real stalker. i just I'll end it there. I just I just one thing I want to point out. And, again, maybe this is just me being an asshole to people who are models because, I mean, you know, your only qualification is you're good looking. So, of course, I'm going to hate you guys. But, like, I, I do love the fact that she gets there's like, I've worked so hard the last five years doing shitty catalogue and runway work. Oh, I feel so sorry for you, Naomi Gaines, being attractive and being in catalogues and walking down a runway. What a hard life you must lead. I mean, I'm sorry you got raped and got your face cut, but I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah.
1: Well, I think probably this is, uh, you know, obviously we're getting into the carver stuff now, and and this is a really key part of kind of like the next season and a half of the show. Um, But I think that that central thing that you're saying about, you know, beauty is a curse on the world and all that kind of stuff, that's a really important part of this, because I I think what we sometimes forget is that this show could be really, um, you know, this show about two plastic surgeons could get a little bit out of control in terms of, um away from the real world you know like it's hard to empathize with these two guys who are surgeons and you know make lots of money and you know are just making people feel better about themselves and you know they're not real doctors a lot of people would say you know blah 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 blah. um and so i think that this carver storyline is really important because it kind of humanizes these two guys a whole lot so from that perspective i think it's a really important story to be telling um and i think that they they generally do a pretty good job with it um especially in this the second season. Um, yeah, and, and so it's important to remember that I think they did a really good job of making the carver out to be... I don't know if sympathetic's the right word, but um, the point of view of the carver is something that I think a lot of people would empathise with, and you see that right from the beginning, and it's cool to see that they're setting that up right from the very beginning. Yeah,
0: and I agree with that. And, like, I mean, jokes aside about the whole model thing, like, yeah, I definitely see... I agree with that point, because, I mean, it is... I think I touched on it was it last episode or the other episode where, I mean, this whole Carver storyline really was the, I think, the storyline that really helped Nip Tuck go, I think, a step level into popularity, you know? I mean, it was not that it was never a popular, popular show. It wasn't like, you know, Game of Thrones popular, obviously, but it still had a, you know, a strong viewership, um, you know? And I think the Carver storyline really helped, you know, increase its popularity. And this, I mean, this, this isn't even really being a spoiler, but it is an ongoing thing for a while. And it really is a case of it really turns into who is the carver, and I mean it's it's very well done. But I mean, yeah, it's setting it up, and obviously this is going to be the the trope really with the carver, isn't it? You know that he is essentially attacking models, and that's kind of what he will say: "His beauty is a curse in the world." So, um, yeah, and like as you were saying, like with Sean and Christian, that. And we've obviously touched on this a lot in some of these episodes that, you know, plastic surgery isn't just all about, you know, boob jobs and things like that. Like, it does actually have a legitimate purpose. Not that boob jobs aren't a legitimate thing to have. Uh, You know, women, by all means, continue to get your boobs increased because that's a good thing sometimes. Uh, Ben, just just (coughs) learn to stop talking at certain points, all right? Just go on with your point. Um, I lost it. Never mind. Uh, I agree with you. There we go. I'll close it off with that.
1: It's quite, it's quite fun to just let you, um, you know, put your foot in it. So sometimes I just let that happen because it's way more fun than correcting you. Um, yeah, so no, I, th- I think we've probably made our, our point and it's one we'll probably continue to make um, that this show is, and I think a lot of people who really keyed in on the show and enjoyed it in its original run, they enjoyed the aspect of it that it wasn't just about, if this had just been about you know boob jobs and, and um, liposuction and nose jobs, then it wouldn't have been a very compelling show. And the fact that they worked really hard to make sure that, you know the benefits of plastic surgery are seen, um, and I think especially through Sean's character, obviously, you know that he's the more sympathetic one, um, and you know you you definitely see that through through what he's doing really well. So yeah, I mean it's just something to, to kind of keep a, a, in the back of your minds as we kind of go through this Carver stuff. That I think they do a good job of making sure that the Carver's not set up as this kind of super villain that you just have to hate. Because I think his central message is actually one that a lot of people could probably relate to.
0: There you go, kids who are listening to this episode. If you want to grow up and be a podcast host like Nick and myself, uh, listen to how Nick goes to a point. He doesn't mention things like boob jobs or anything. He just stays on point. Uh, <laughs> I I don't. So Nick is the one. Just learn to speak normally. Don't listen to his accent. Just listen to how he controls uh, a point. So there you go
1: Yeah pretty much
0: Yeah uh, So anyway uh, We uh, Back at the McNamara residence uh, Julia and Sean Are in bed Yay And the alarm goes off And what is I love Julia's reaction It's the alarm Someone's in the house What else would it be <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. Oh No that's just my phone Oh time to get up <laughs>
1: That's the whole point of having an alarm, so you don't have to get up and go, that's the alarm.
0: This episode's Captain Obvious Moment brought to you by Julia. Um, And this this to me just goes on the notion that, you know, we love Sean. We love Julia. They're, you know, okay parents. And I say that loosely because they forget they have a daughter. Uh, Sadly, she's not in this episode. (laughs) They sadly also forget to tell their son, oh, by the way, we installed an alarm. Uh, And how did they not know he wasn't home at this point? Are they just neglecting all their children now? Like, oh, it's like 11 o'clock. We assume Matt's just in his room. He's a teenager. He's probably masturbating. So we won't disturb him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Like just, we haven't seen him all night. <laughs> yeah. um, we're just going to turn off the alarms, not ask any questions about where he is, and um, just hope for the best. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Unless it's the opposite. Maybe we're kind of reading into this. Maybe No, he's not sneaking out, because he, he explains that he was... No, never mind. It's a stupid point. I was going to say maybe he's sneaking out, but he's not. Because he does say, like, oh, I was here studying, so... Never mind. Again, case in point, hey, podcast um, hosts, don't listen to me because I don't obviously watch the source material that we're trying to podcast on. Uh, <laughs> so. Anyway, um, I don't know if you had anything to add on that. That's really not a scene we need to talk about. But
1: <laughs> other, th- other than that, um, yeah, when you, when you install a security system, make sure everybody in your house knows about it is probably the, the, the salient point here, I think.
0: And where's Annie? Why doesn't Annie wake up? Why isn't she up? Like, you know, <laughs> like... Poor Annie. She's trying to sleep. She's got school in the morning.
1: Yeah, but then you've got to explain that. You've got to spend 30 seconds with Annie, and we, we know that we don't like to have any Annie wastage whatsoever on us. So.
0: We need 30 seconds with Annie. That's what this episode was missing. Uh, next morning, Christian wakes up, and we get this scene, obviously, with uh, him and Andrea. Uh, yeah, I do love the fact that she says, like, I'm 35, and Christian's like, 35 plus 10. Uh, like, What does she say? Like, oh, you were so charming last night. Um, I do love his line, and I'm going to admit this. I've said multiple times in this show that I have used Christian Troy in my daily life. I have used the line that I think a woman looks more beautiful in the morning without makeup, or whatever that line is that he says. So, thank you, Christian Troy. That is a very handy line. It makes women feel nice about themselves. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying I don't believe it, but it's, you know... It's a handy line to have in your arsenal. Um, <laughs> now I'm really sounding like an arsehole. Um, she obviously wants to see how old he is, so she goes into his wallet, finds out that his name's actually Christian Troy, like, you're my sweep story. Um, Christian kind of turns into a real asshole at this point, but then obviously sells the story about uh, Naomi Games. Um, and from there we cut to... Oh, we're back to Abe's house, aren't we? Yes, because uh, we see weird Adrian swimming. Did you notice that? Uh, <laughs> Adrian looks really weird
1: when he swims. Well, Adrian's weird when he does everything, so <laughs> it's not a huge surprise to me. I, I can't say I picked up on that. but uh, Go back and watch it. Go it.
0: back and see how he swims. I just think it looks, it looks kind of funny. Uh, and I also noticed Matt has a mullet. Did you notice that as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've never really been into Matt's hairstyle, you know. Like, I I don't really understand it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, so obviously we've got sort of Ava and and, uh, Matt having this conversation. Matt's obviously having to admit that he's told, you know, his parents that, uh, you know, he has a son. uh, Ava has a son. Matt doesn't have a son. Um, But, yeah, and obviously they're coming up – Ava's going to come up with this plan to – you know, family bonding, let's all talk about this and all this sort of stuff. Um, And we get creepy Adrian again. What does he say? Like, uh, does anybody want to put sunscreen on me?
1: Uh, (laughs) That's just like the way he says it as well. It's like does anybody want to put sunscreen on my bed? Yeah. And then he says something about, like, when he lies down, he's like, do you want to jerk off or something? It's just, like, it's, like everything. it's just, like, completely weird. I do, I do love the way he
0: then turns around and, like, when Matt, like, starts, like, t- going off at him, and he's just like, you're boring me. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's such an <laughs> asshole, but it's just, oh, he's so good. I love this character.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think Matt doesn't even really know what to do with him because he's like, the way he talks to me is inappropriate. It's just like, that's a pointless thing to say to this guy because everything he does is inappropriate. And we're
0: going to get even more inappropriate coming from him, obviously, a little bit later on in this episode. And, yeah, the line that you said before, obviously, your opening one, when what does Ava say about, like, you know, you're not too young for a backhand and I'm wearing heavy rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we we do get, obviously, a little bit of creep level to that, don't we, when, you know, obviously, Ava, we, we hear that they're going to go around to dinner the next night. Um, and then um, you know, A was like, "You can do me a favor," blah blah blah. And then the way he kind of says, "Like, oh, that means that I get a favor," and you're kind of like, what? "What? What's what's this going on here?" So just just remember that, people. If you <laughs> we're not going to spoil it, um, but yeah, uh, just just remember that. Um, so we then we we see this is the very first time. Then we see the outside of the McNamara Troy office. Have we seen it before?
1: yeah that's a good question i because I was kind of like surprised they were that close to the beach. Mm. um it's not something that's ever really been picked up on the show before, but um you yeah, know there's definitely there's there's definitely a possibility that we've seen it before, but I certainly don't remember it
0: yeah i and I think like we obviously see it in the next episode funnily enough, but i I do from memory. I think of the episode that I'm thinking of I think it's in season 4 We do see it as well And I'm pretty sure It's the same Like I don't think It's one of these ones Where they forget Like the continuity of it But it's, it's not something We often see is the outside of the McNamara Troy office. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Obviously, we've got Bobby out the front handing out um, flyers, and I love it when she's like, it's like the photo of her stomach, and then Sean's like, nice. And then she's like, yeah, I got sick of flashing people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think people were sick of you flashing them, my dear. Uh, so, um, I, obviously, that scene, and he takes all the flyers away, and then she kind of like walks off and is like, don't go in that office. Um, she's i think she at this point she just turned into kind of like the crazy lady that you ignore when you're walking down the street
1: yeah pretty much yeah she's just like a, a, a bit all over the place a eh? and like i don't know what they do with her like if they've kind of done any prosthetics but like kind of her teeth look a bit weird too like they look like they've really made her out to be this kind of real crazy person yeah um so i think even just the way they've kind of dressed her and her makeup and stuff just makes her look just slightly more insane than perhaps she was on the first episode. Yeah. No, we're no, just no, saying something.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but we, we're obviously inside the office now and uh, we see that uh, Andrew is in the office and she's kind of setting it all up and sort of meets Sean and Sean's all like, oh, I'll come to my office. And then Christian's like, no, 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 it's all good. She's here to film the, the Naomi story. And uh, then we kind of get this great little interaction between Sean and Christian where it's, you know, it's all down to Sean now to obviously see if he can get Naomi to agree to go on camera and get the surgery filmed. And I love, I just love... Like, you know, Christian, just the way he can, when he gets real, like, sleazy and real, like, proud of the fact that he's just this womanizing prick. The way he's like, guess who gave her four orgasms last night?
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like too much information eh? like that was you just went a step too far you kind of had to, had to had to really kind of like zero in on all the details
0: yeah and I just and then the fact like when he's like telling the Sean like go you know get over and then he like you know does the whole thing with his face where he's like I've got a facial to go get like just you know <laughs> oh, I love him I love Christian so much um meanwhile we then go to see obviously Naomi and Sean going over the surgery and we get this magical software that we saw at the end of the first season the facial surgery software which I don't think they utilize too much and I mean, it's it's so unique and so fancy that it can even make a person's photo smile. Did you notice that?
1: <laughs> I, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw like this this whole thing is like doctors don't use this, right? This is just like um this has to be like just a crutch that they use for the TV show. Um, is something to kind of make it obvious what people are going to look like at the end. It, it's one of those things I think is just not really necessary. It, it, you know, props up every now and then. Like I think we kind of see it a little bit later on when we get to the Joan Rivers story, you know, that this kind of comes yeah. up again of uh, what you're going to look like afterwards. It's like, well, in the real world, you probably wouldn't need to do it. I mean, we know what they're going to look like afterwards. It just it, it feels like a bit of a crutch that it never really pays off and it just looks a bit silly now, you know, like 14, 15 years later yeah. that, you know, we've got this this thing that's like, well, you know, that's just not a thing, you know. And, and
0: also it's kind of, I think, uh, it's got that sort of, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you know, element of that whenever you press a button on a computer and it does something, it's going to make, like, a beeping sound. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, Um But, yeah, but, I mean, outside of the uh, the pretty dodgy software, we we get kind of Sean, obviously, trying to talk Naomi into the fact of, like, you know, let's let's uh, do this as a story. It would be very inspiring. And Sean being Sean, you know, he is kind of the moral compass of the pair, like, he does it in a very, you know, subtle and very well done manner and because you know naomi has that line where she says like oh i can't go on tv looking like this you know i watch um you know people like me on tv and always say i wish you know i'm glad that didn't happen to me um and then obviously sean you know is kind of like look you'll be an inspiration you know you'll be so brave doing it and obviously it works for her because next thing we see is like the surgery uh and they're filming it and uh, you know love christian spent two hundred dollars on a scrub you know can we switch sides i keep in the back of my head and, you know, Sean being Sean when he says, like, uh, you know, just please focus on the patient. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to add here. I just kind of want to end here because I think the next, the whole next scene deserves its own separate thing to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've got anything to add on kind of this whole scenario that we've just gone over.
1: Yeah, I think probably the the surgery scene itself is is pretty is good. You know, like I think it's um it's well done. And a lot of these surgery scenes, I kind of have to look away because even though I'm not a real squeamish person, some of them are just too much for me. But this one's a really good one. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't come across as really gross, but it, it's pretty graphic at the same time. So yeah, I I really like it.
0: Shout out to uh, Duran Duran the song Skin Trade. If you're uh, wondering at home yeah. what that is, but. Uh, Again, uh, you know, Ryan Murphy and using some pretty decent music. We love a bit of Duran Duran. Um, yeah, he does like the baby, that's for sure. Very much so, very much so. Uh, but then we get this, this dinner scene. God, I love this dinner scene. Uh, I mean, it's kind of extended from a dinner scene to a bedroom scene back to a very that- heated argument. Um, and this is just... This is, this sells this whole episode for me, just is everything that happens here. You know, it starts off, like, really subtly... Uh, you know, Julia and a chicken again. I think this is an ongoing thing. Like, Annie's not around, and Julia loves a chicken. So, um, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's cooking a chicken. Um, and I love I love Adrian here. Like, just dick Adrian. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't eat anything that had a face. I'm a vegan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like he waits until the moment that he sits down to do this. You know, like it's just so typical Adrian, eh?
0: Yeah, it's so good. And then I just love kind of like how, you know, he he's so subtly trying to hint at something happening between Matt and his mum and he covers it so quickly. The way he's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, always trying to have to steal Matt away from my mum, you know, because she's a really good French tutor. Um, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. we have the same taste in music. What does what does he say like house
1: and Jamaican scar or like 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 Rasta or something? Yeah, hey? like it's just like, even just the way he just delivers the line is just like it's so funny, eh? Hey? Because like Matt just has to agree with whatever he says. Basically, it's just it's so funny. Uh, and just <laughs> and so they go up, they go upstairs to look at his CD collection. Yeah,
0: well, just the way like she says, like, why don't you go up there and show? Like, I mean, it's so early two thousands, is it not? Like. Do you want to see my CDs? Like, what happens in 2017 now? Do you want to come up and listen to Spotify? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and props again to Seth Gable. He's, he just pulls his character off so well. He's just got that level of creepiness, his facial expressions, just everything about it. And then kind of, you know, we, we get this scene in the room and it kind of starts off sort of normally in a way, doesn't it? Like, you know... Obviously, just uh, looking around, he looks at the photo of, like, uh, you know, Matt and his dad and sort of, you know, Matt's trying to kind of loosely talk about his father and, you know, a little bit like this. And then out of the blue, uh, what happens? Adrian leans in and says, what does he say? Like, you smell good. And then he starts to kiss him. And then Matt's like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, I'm not gay. And then Adrian says, neither am I, before Matt breaks away. And I love these lines when he says, kissing another dude is gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: At that point, I'm like, oh, is it? Shit. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, tell me something I don't know and couldn't have figured it out on my own.
0: It's, I mean, it's great. You gotta say, it's, 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 it's just, I mean, it's, it's random. You're like, what the fuck? And just, you know, obviously Matt's reaction and just how it all, you know, plays in there. Obviously, that snaps something in Adrian's head. And then we, we go back out to the kitchen to which it said, Adrian, Dick Adrian again. He's like, oh, wow, you really did cook me something. I would have eaten the chicken. <laughs> I just, like, you know he's been just an absolute cock, but I just, like, he's just, there's something about him that just, I really do like a good asshole character. And he's just an utter prick.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, obviously he knows he's got complete power here because, um you know, like, he's he knows something that, uh, you know, that Matt and Ava don't want Julia knowing. And he's just, like, totally playing on it. That's the best part of it.
0: Yeah, and then we obviously get this great reveal about, you know, when he says about... Oh, and I ask them to keep it down when they're humping. And I mean <laughs> I just love like I just love the reactions of everybody in this scene because like Matt's at the sink and just the way he kind of like, you know, he puts his hands down, he like you can see him like going like, oh fuck. And then Julie's kind of like, what? And then, you know, Ava just everything from this moment is great. And then um, you know, Ava's kind of reaction like, go wait in the car now. Uh, and then just Julia basically, you know, like, what are you, a pedophile? And just, um, you know, just the fight between Ava and Julia is amazing. And even when Ava just, like, starts openly talking about Julia's sex life in front of her son, which uh, is <laughs> like, wow, okay. Um, and I love, like, real, like, real angry, evil bitch Ava mode, like, don't you try and intimidate me, I'll win. Like, just the way she kind of stands the ground. And then, mad out of the blue, like, don't threaten my mum. Um, and then Julia, you know, i swear I'll kill you. And then kind of just the way Eva, uh, Eva, Eva leaves. I mean, this whole scene is, is great. It's so great. Um, and even just obviously Julia's reaction there towards the end. I mean, yeah, I can't speak volumes enough for just how well acted this scene is and just the tension and just so much so about everything about this scene. It's amazing.
1: I'd say probably the only thing I would disagree with there is that um, I don't think Jolly Richardson really sells this. I think she overacts here a little bit. And uh, there's one particular line where she's talking about, you know, like, I put I put an alarm on this house, um, you know, to keep the monsters out. And it's like when, shockingly, you know, and they've they been in the house the whole time or something like that. just the way she acts it is just like the line reading isn't great and it kind of pulls you out of the moment a little bit, but everything else is really good. And I mean, you know, um, the fam we've talked about her a whole lot here and she's just like on another level. Like she just, oh. she, it's like she just could do this stuff in her sleep. Um, and I guess that's probably part of the problem is that I think she's just like so suited to this role. And I think this is one of those occasions where Jolly Richardson just doesn't quite nail it. Um, I think probably the rest of the scene, she's pretty good. It's just those kind of, some of those lines just come off as being a little bit, you know, like she feels like she's reading them over so somebody's shoulder a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a huge fan of angry, um, <laughs> angry Jolly Richardson. <laughs> angry Jolly is not not my favourite because I, I think she. That's when she tends to overact a little bit. And um, yeah, so uh, but yeah, totally agree with everything else you're saying. I think everyone else's reactions are really good. Um, it's all it's all really well done.
0: I, I can see your point. I don't necessarily agree completely. I, I mean, that line about the monsters in the house. I agree. That's very yeah i don't like that line but i mean i i'm generally on the page of the like angry julia can be a bit annoying sometimes just like monia jewel mony julia but i don't know i just i kind of feel like she for the most part does this scene very well so there we go we don't always agree with everything but as we know i'm right you're wrong uh but uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Fab k jansen though yes let's just take a moment to say her name and realize how amazing she is um Meanwhile, back at the surgery, uh, miraculously, um, Naomi has recovered incredibly quickly. Uh, she I mean, I'm guessing this has to be a day or two later, surely. It's not the same day, right? Uh, I mean, it might be. But uh, obviously, he's trying to get her to kind of smile and we get a reference to Annie, sort of. Because what's the joke? Like, why did the turkey cross the road? It was a chicken's day off. And it's like, oh my daughter told it to me and I've written here in capitals, Annie! Uh, <laughs> but Yeah, it's not great. A reference is a reference. I'll take it. Um But then we get we we get this really intense scene, don't we? Sort of like Bobby comes in again, the secretary or the receptionist, whatever, is terrible. Like, how does she get in? Like yeah. literally Sean says that how did you get in here? Like, how did she get yeah. in there? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then we get this intense scene where she's obviously, like, trying to basically say to Naomi, like, you know, I was a victim. Look at this, you know, has he has he hurt you too? You know, he's going to violate you and all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, she, Naomi, stands the ground. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? You weren't a victim. You know, you look pretty good to me. Like, you were, you know, violated. What the hell are you talking about? Like, it's very intense. Puts Bobby in a place straight away. Because then, obviously, you know, Bobby gets all it out and Sean's like, this time I'm pressing charges. And then, obviously, we get this, you know, realisation scene from Bobby and all the truth comes out. She never went to her interview. Um, we get this whole scene where, we, yeah, she's completely whack job loopy. And, essentially, she just wants somebody to ask her a question and, you know, what do you think, Bobby? And then it kind of all ends with Sean, again, always being Mr. Nice Guy at the end of it. But it's kind of, it's a nice way to end it, I guess, because you know he sort of said like well can we get people to call you and sort of you know get that negative opinion you know we need a con on that list so i mean yeah it's she's put in a place it's like fuck you bobby go away but i think it sort of wraps up this sort of episode and a half storyline quite well
1: yeah i think so i think they do a good job of it and um I I do like how we kind of get to the end in this kind of realisation. And I think it's really good because it it does indicate Sean at the end. I mean, we kind of saw it that, you know, she kind of just signed away the waiver. But we also get the extra information as well that, you know, that she is, you know, didn't didn't follow the plan that she was told to follow. And, you know, so she did it to herself and all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I I think it is a really good way to go forward. I mean, I'm not sure I'd go as far as Sean as to put her on the reference list. But, um, you know, I I guess that's... uh, you know, that's up to everybody's individual decision to make. But, yeah, I, I mean, I do like the way they kind of wrap the story up. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's it's good acting and good writing that you actually do feel for this this character after she's been a bitch for basically an, an episode and a half. So I think it's all round. It's a good way to wrap this up. And I do quite like when they have these characters, these um these patients that kind of go over multiple episodes and i do like when they kind of wrap it up and and into a a good storyline you know i think it and yeah so i think it all kind of comes off well and i don't know if you agree but you know we kind of just talked a little bit about earlier on that, you know, her kind of makeup and everything had kind of made her look a wee bit crazy. And I don't know if you agree, but, like, when she kind of walks out of the building, she looks less crazy, and I don't know if that's just a trick of, you know, that that's what you're looking to see, something like that. But I definitely kind of saw that, um, that when we kind of get this moment with her at the end that she doesn't quite look as nuts as she did before. And maybe, I'm probably seeing things that aren't there, but it definitely kind of felt that way to me.
0: I can't say I noticed that, uh, but, I mean, I'll have to go back and look into it. But, yeah, I agree with everything you said. For sure. And one thing I, I just want to quickly add, I love that line when she says, you know, I'm sorry about the meat. That was really wrong. And, I mean, we didn't even mention that. Like, obviously, you know, we saw previously in the episode uh, they got a box filled with carved-up meat. Um, so, I just love the way she delivers that line. Just, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, obviously, though, now, though, we're kind of setting up to this very dramatic end to the episode. We, we see Matt, he's with Ava, he's like, I want to break up with you. Um, and then just Ava just, like, Just her character. This is, again, why I love her character so much. And not just, again, because it's Famke Jansen, but just the character Ava is just so well done. Because, you know, he's Matt, I guess, like, you know, he's doing the right thing. He's breaking up with her. But Ava just obviously is a character. She doesn't like losing. She does not like to be told, you know, what to do and kind of having all this sort of stuff held over her. So she then manipulates Matt and kind of takes back control and then works his own mother against him like, really bitchily done, like, really evil. But again, this is just definitely a woman who you don't want to cross. Um, and yeah, essentially, he, she tells him the truth that Julia, uh, uh sorry, that Julia is his mother, uh, Sean isn't his father. Um, and just the music that plays in with this is so well. That, that kind of like, doong, that kind of like keeps going off in the background. It's, it's so amazing. Uh, then we cut back to, um, Julia going through Matt's stuff. And can I just say that, like, that, like, that makes me mad. Like, you know, did your mum ever go through your stuff growing up and you are just like, that is a real violation of privacy, mum. Come on.
1: Uh, probably. It's not. It's not a um a searing memory in my brain, so it can't have been a big one. But um, probably happened at some point. Yeah, you, I probably deserved it. You're a good boy, were you, Nick? Oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: mostly, mostly. And but let's be honest, New Zealand kids never played up. There's nothing to play up with. I mean, you're just with the sheep all the time, and that's just accepted. Exactly. Um. So, but yeah, Julie's going through Matt's stuff, and basically, you know, Matt's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And there's going to be no more secrets. I'm going to find out who you really are. And then we obviously get uh, Chris, uh Matt drop the line like. Christian's my real dad, isn't he? And then Julia's reaction of what? You know what that actually reminded me of is in is Amazing Spider-Man one or two when um it's like he's all dirty in bed and um he's like oh I was cleaning the chimney and uh, Sally Field up May's like we don't have a chimney and he's like
1: what
0: like we again I clearly remember them because we just podcast about them but that's just what it reminded me of just taking us away from the dramatic scene there but um. Yeah, we get this this scene of just like, this is the Matt finding out scene. And I know we talked about last episode about how we kind of have the, the Christian finding out scene, the Matt finding out scene, and then obviously the Sean finding out scene to come. Um, and I mean, this is you'd probably, say, the least memorable of the three. No, maybe I wouldn't say the least memorable of the three. The second most memorable of the three. Because, I mean, Matt's reaction, just like going off at her and calling her a whore... And then, you know, you're not my mother, you're a whore. And then basically she goes to hit him. And then, you know, just, yeah, it's so dramatic. Then obviously he's asking the question, does Dad know? Does, you know, Sean know or whatever? And then in walks Sean. And then we just get this, like, really touching scene. Like, I just, oh, this scene really brings the feels because it's just kind of, Matt quickly covers up, you know, says, like, I've been sleeping with, you know, Ava. And then just that, that line, the way he drops that, dad line and then just hugs him like oh so yeah wow that is just a powerful way to end the episode but i know i've probably lumped over a few things there but just this whole what a way to end the episode
1: yeah and i think you know i, I just spent a bit of time um, crapping on on jolly richardson so now i'll take it back a little bit <laughs> because i think where she is really good is when she's vulnerable um and in this scene she really is you know like she's kind of lost for words she doesn't really know what to do um and you know she's been caught out you know, completely had it turned on her and i think she does a fantastic job with this um yeah I, I totally agree kind of everything about this has played really well and i think we did talk a little bit about like i think the thing that i really like is that you've got these three characters who need to find this thing out and they all react differently yeah so you get the whole thing like it's really emotional with christian you know and it's kind of kind of quite a touching scene with christian given the whole wilbur situation then with um you know with Matt it's kind of this quite emotional sad kind of thing without getting you know it doesn't get really angry but you know like it's just quite a touching moment for him to kind of find that out Um, and then you know we'll obviously talk about the the Sean one to come Um, but I think probably what I I really like about this one is is, as you say it's John Hensley and his acting in this is is really phenomenal I think he does a great job these guys all just bounce off each other really really naturally and it, it, it works very very well um and uh, the, the one thing that I do kind of laugh at when I watch this back is that, you know, these guys are having like a screaming match. Um, and then like, we're supposed to believe that, that um, Sean just kind of walks in on this and he's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's just like, like you would actually think that he might've heard a little bit more than that. If he'd literally just like, just walked, home, you know, like walked in the house yeah. that he might've heard a little bit more than that. So it's, it's a little bit of a stretch of credibility that he wouldn't have heard any of this. Um, you know, but but we'll let that pass because it's probably not hugely important given, you know, where we go next. But, um, yeah, no, I think I think it's really well done. Um, I think scenes like this are, are often, you know, in, in, other sh- in lesser shows with lesser actors, I think they turn into a big crying fest and everybody's crying. And, um, you know, obviously we we get that from Matt right at the end, but it's not a whole thing about everybody's bawling and carrying on. I think it's actually done really, really well without there being huge waterworks. Yeah. And that's the impressive. Yeah.
0: And by the way, it's Waterworth, not Waterworks. Just wanted to correct you. <laughs> I haven't heard that advertiser for my life. Um, yeah, but uh, it's such a powerful way to end the episode. And um, yeah, obviously we've now only got one of the one of the three. He's got to find out. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, that's that's the name It's episode seven of season two. Uh, what are, what are we doing with this one, Nick? Are we buying it? Renting it? Binning it, renting it and not watching it, uh, illegally downloading it, uh, watching it in the bath, thinking about it over supper... (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, watching it through the window of somebody else's house. Yeah, yeah no, uh, no, it's definitely definitely a buy for me. I I really enjoy this episode, and I think you know that we've talked a lot about setup, 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 and I think now we're getting to the point where we're getting some payoff on some of these big issues. And you know, like this is this is episode what I should know this by now, episode seven, right? Yep. So I mean, we're starting to get kind of halfway through this season now, and so you know, it's time to start paying off some of these stories. And I think it's done really well. Uh, I also think there's some really good kind of comedic moments in this, obviously with the whole Adrian thing and just some of those lines are hilarious um so you know i think there's there's heaps to like about this episode and it's definitely one that you know having not watched it for a little while and coming back and watching it again i actually really enjoyed it so it's definitely a buy for me
0: and i completely agree with you 100 percent, buy it uh i mean the ava stuff alone sells this episode if it wasn't just so much other good stuff going on in this but um yeah it really is a you know obviously it's, it's important for the um the overall arc that we're going to get with the carver to, to introduce this um, and just I mean there's, there's really little wrong with this episode so and that's kind of that's what a bite absolutely is of course isn't it when you at the end of the day you can really find very little wrong with this you know maybe just the fact that they've got a really shit receptionist Uh, so (laughs) that's, um, you know, and that's not a, not enough to, to over, over sell this, over ride this episode is I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, so there you go. That's Naomi Gaines. Um, that is episode seven, episode eight, our next episode. Very, 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 very interesting episode. Um, Agatha Rip. Now, i I really feel you and I are gonna clash on this episode on a lot of levels because this is this is an episode that I just I have a variety of opinions on um, so I'm very much looking forward to this I mean if you're gonna be watching this between now and our next episode uh, you know the, it's kind of based around a woman who is potentially involved with the stigmata or a victim of stigmata uh, so it's kind of it's yeah. It's a very religious heavy episode, I guess. Is, is that how you would sell it, Nick? I mean, what else could you really say?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the most memorable episodes in the entire season run. Um, so, you know, without showing my hand too much, I think it's one that you absolutely have to see. And I think it's, um, it's very theme heavy. You know, there's so much going on. Um, and you know, sometimes some of these episodes feel a little bit light that they don't all link together. But this is one that's it's pretty tight in terms of everything kind of links together. But it's you know, it's an awesome episode. Um, some uh, you know, an awesome guest actress on it as well. So yeah, it's definitely a, a going to be a fun one to talk about.
0: We are going to have some very interesting viewpoints. That is for sure. Yeah, definitely. Sarah Paulson. Uh, I mean, she is the the main person, the main sort of guest, the 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 patient and obviously, you know, her and Ryan Murphy are kind of, you know, the Helen and Bottom Carter and uh, Tim Burton of the TV world, because they kind of work together in everything, but Unlike, uh, Tim Burton, Helena, Bonacard, bon- and, Carden, well, I can't even say a fucking name properly, um, you know, they are actually different people in each of their shows. So, um, it's, yeah, I love Sarah Paulson, and it's for sure, she's definitely a star of that episode. Anyway, we'll talk about that. In the meantime, uh, if you're enjoying these, uh, hope you are. If not, then, well, I'm sorry, uh, we'll try and make them better and not talk about boob jobs. <laughs> not really much we can do. But, uh, this is us. If you don't like it, go listen to Rob has a nip-tuck or something. I don't know. Uh, but subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, leave us feedback, ratings. Um, I, I don't know why that joke was... That wasn't really that funny, but Rob has a nip-tuck. That doesn't sound so funny. Um, <laughs> that joke's not making sense to non-survivor fans. Yeah. Um, Yeah, rate, subscribe, all that sort of fun stuff. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, of course. Um, And uh, we have a YouTube channel, which I don't really advertise that much. There's not a whole lot on it, nothing really. We tried to put a Nip Tuck video on there, but it got banned because it had copyright stuff in it. But hey, cool. Uh, (laughs) No, we made it. And if you want it, then you can't watch it. Uh, Nick, thank you. I don't. I don't thank you. This is the wrong type of episode to thank people. We close it out differently. God, I. I don't know what I'm doing here right now. Uh, my name is Ben, and um, you want to jerk off or something?
1: God <laughs> oh, damn it! Twice <laughs> for an episode, you got me. And uh, I'm Nick, and um, does anyone want to rub sunscreen on my back?